Hey there, this is Clay with ModernLove.Life, where we help you get a great relationship without having to play mind games, without having to play hard to get, without having to pretend to be someone or something that you aren't. And if that's something that you believe in, please do me a favor and give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit that bell icon next to the subscribe button so that you can get notifications whenever we upload a new video or go live in the future. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about being vulnerable without being needy. And uh, this is really going to be talking about the two different types of vulnerability. One of them is going to come across as needy. The other one is going to come across as transparent, as brave, as courageous, as uh, something that is really going to help to inspire connection, inspire a great relationship, and inspire a lot of good things moving forward. Uh, before we go ahead and get into that though, I just wanted to make a quick reminder to everybody out there watching this that um, I do have that new on-demand class that I told you about yesterday in case you missed it. It's over at modernlove.life slash class. Uh, you can go ahead and check that out. It's um, uh, a long format video that goes into some of the relationship mindset and uh, deeper emotional stuff. Um, um, that we've been talking about over the past couple of days. It's called the five upgrades to your love operating system. You can go ahead and check that out, maybe today, maybe sometime over the weekend. Uh, and you know, it will invite you to sign up for uh, one of our courses if you like what you see in the video. Um, go ahead and do that. If you don't like it, then hey, no worries. You can always just tune in to these live streams next time. Okay, so two types of vulnerability. Um, there is negative vulnerability and positive vulnerability. Let's just go with those terms for lack of a better uh, phrase for the time being. Um, so there are obviously, let's just start over here. There is obviously a big benefit to being vulnerable in a relationship. Um, I know that it may not seem that way. I know that it can seem scary to be vulnerable. I know that we live in a world where we try to put out the best facade that we possibly can about what we think we need to be or what we think we need to look like or what we think we need to come across as in order to have a great dating or relationship experience. But I think it's very, fairly obvious to most people that vulnerability and transparency is a very positive thing because it lets the other person know who you are. And if the other person knows who you are and they still like you, then you know that they like you for who you are, right? They're, they're not liking you because you put on some sort of fake act or you're pretending to be someone that you're not, um, which in the long run is going to make the relationship a whole lot easier because you can just kind of relax and be yourself. You don't always have to be like super anxious and uh, uptight and, and always watching what you say and what you do and making sure that you are constantly putting on this hard to get act, this, hey, I'm a badass act or whatever it might be, right? Um, and so being vulnerable is really important, but there is a fine line between vulnerability and being needy. So what is that line? Uh, now, in order to understand this, as we lead into this, I need to lay a little bit of a foundation for you that's going to help make this a lot clearer. Um, so a lot of what we're going to be talking about here is based on the foundation of actually being able to calibrate to where the other person is at emotionally. Okay, this means you need to be present to what the other person's emotional state is. You need to um, be able to feel into the moment to know like, hey, are they having a bad day today? If so, maybe I need to adjust what I'm going to say to them in a way where it's going to be received in a much better way. 
um, just you know, as an example. And of course, this also requires another layer to build upon that, which is empathy. You have to be able to see things from their point of view, from their perspective. And this will um, allow you to be able to guess, be able to um, take a wild swing at how you think what you're going to say is going to land with them. Um, I know that oftentimes from working with a lot of people, people generally just want to express how they feel and they think that that's going to somehow magically going to make a lot of things better. And you know, sure, it absolutely can help, but you also want to think about how it's going to be received by the other person on the receiving end of that. So with that being said, let's talk about the two types of vulnerability. There's the negative type of vulnerability, which is going to come across as needy, as desperate, as clingy, as a lot of different things that you probably do not want being associated with you. And this might take the form of, let's just use an example, uh, telling somebody, I can't live without you. I can't live without being in a relationship with you, right? Now, obviously, under certain contexts, maybe that would be something that would create a great emotional connection, like maybe if you're um, saying it as part of your wedding vows or something like that. But under most circumstances, saying somebody, I can't live without being in a relationship with you. I can't be happy without being in a relationship with you. That is going to come across as needy. Now, why is that? It's because you are essentially using them as a means to an end to get something that you want. Okay, so you want to be happy, right? I think we all want to be happy. And you're saying that I need to be in a relationship with you in order for me to be happy. So you're using being in a relationship with them as a means to an end for you to be happy. Now, you know, that's all fine and good when you're talking about objects and things like that. Like, I need to eat lunch so that I can feel good and uh, focus on what I have to do this afternoon. Um, but when you're talking about people, you have to be able to understand how that's going to per be perceived by the other person. And when you say something like that, without much consideration for where the other person is at, it can often come across as, I don't care how you feel. I don't care where you're at emotionally. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what kind of day you've had. I don't care what you think about this idea. I need to be in a relationship with you so that I can be happy. And that is really kind of the crux of this neediness, is that it really neglects the other person's emotional state. It neglects where the other person is at. And it's not really meeting them where they're at, okay? and you're essentially making the other person responsible for your emotional well-being. You know, I need you to be happy. Suddenly, you know, you are now the decider of my happiness. You control whether you get to say, yes, let's be in a relationship. No, I don't think I want to be in a relationship. And so that is going to create um, a lot of neediness and a lot of clinginess because you're not owning your own emotional experience. That's the negative vulnerability. Now, the positive vulnerability on the other side of that is where you're not using somebody as a means to an end to get your emotional needs met. You are simply just owning your emotional experience. You are owning your feelings. You are owning your desires, right? So what might be an example of this? Instead of saying, I need you in order to be happy, I need to be in a relationship with you in order to be happy, you might, again, under the right context, because we are being present with the other person, we're calibrating to where they're at on an emotional level, we are considering how they might receive things and all of that, right? So under the right contexts, you might say something like, hey, I really love connecting with you like this. Would you like to be in a relationship? You know, something like that. And that can be really vulnerable, that can be really, uh, 
putting yourself out there, but it's not needy or desperate because you are owning your own experience. You are owning your own desires. You are owning what you want without offloading it onto them. Now, sure, you can still ask a question like, would you like to be in a relationship or something like that? And that's not going to come across as needy, even though you're like directly asking for something from somebody, um, because you're owning your own experience. You're not making it about them and they are in control of your emotional world and all of that. Now, of course, you know, if you ask somebody to be in a relationship with you and they say no, even if you're owning your own experience, you're probably gonna be less than excited if they say no. But if you just simply say something like, hey, I really like you, would you like to be in a relationship? You're not kind of adding all of that extra burden of making them responsible for how you feel. Okay, so that's really the main difference between positive and negative vulnerability is you are in the negative vulnerability sense, you're using somebody as a means to an end to get your emotional needs met. Whereas with positive vulnerability, you are simply sharing what it is that you want. You're simply sharing what it is that you feel. You're simply sharing what your experience is without really making somebody or something responsible for that. Okay, and that's how you can be vulnerable without being needy. So once again, if that's something that uh, you like, if you like this video, give us a thumbs up. It helps out the channel a lot. Go ahead and subscribe if you are not already subscribed. And if you want to learn a little bit more about all of this deeper work, this deeper emotional and mental work when it comes to relationships, check out our free class over at modernlove.life class where you can learn the five love upgrades to your love operating system. It's completely free. You can go ahead and check it out over there. It's my new thing that I've been working on. And today is the second day that I'm telling you guys about it. Anyway, with that being said, let's see if we've got any questions in the comments section. Okay, Lance says, hello. Hello there, Lance. Good to see you again. Rachel says, why are you talking about this when we already learned these things? Well, if you've learned that, that's excellent. Um, I'm really glad that you have learned about how to be vulnerable without being needy. Um, unfortunately, in my experience, this is not common sense to a lot of people, Rachel. And so, um, you know, if you already know this, if this is like common sense to you, then, you know, great. You're probably in a very small minority of people that actually understand the difference between positive and negative vulnerability. Um, but this is probably something that a lot of people could really benefit from learning more about. Um, is there any way that you can communicate that you miss somebody without coming off as needy? Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. So you have to really stop and think about this. Like, what exactly do you miss? Like, you don't just want to, you know, tick the box of being in a relationship with somebody, right? You don't just want to say, okay, great, I'm in a relationship with somebody, tick the box, I can update my Facebook status, let's move on, right? You probably want what you think that's going to give you because there's a lot of relationships out there um, that probably aren't the kind of relationship that you want to be in, you know, the kind where people are just kind of putting up with each other, they're just kind of going through the motions, maybe they've been together for decades or something like that, and they have just both kind of stopped trying and they're just kind of complacent with one another. That's probably not what you want, yet they have the, you know, tick the relationship box. Um, what you probably want is what you think the relationship is going to get you, which is most likely going to be the connection, the bonding, the um, closeness, the fun experiences together, 
all of that stuff. And you can communicate that to somebody like, hey, I really miss the way that we used to be able to talk like this. I really miss the way that we used to be able to, you know, just, just relax and talk about whatever it might be and just be able to have the hours just melt away or whatever it might be. And if you can do that and phrase it in a way where you own your experience rather than offloading it onto them, then that is really a way that you can communicate that you miss somebody without it coming across as needy. Or if it's like, you know, I really need you, I miss you, I miss you so much, I, I don't know, cry every night when, I, when I'm not with you, that is kind of more of that using somebody as a means to an end. You know, I miss you, I have this like big gaping hole and only you can fill it by coming in and taking responsibility for my well-being, that's using somebody as a means to an end, which is, of course, negative vulnerability. But if you are able to be complete and whole in yourself, but to say, hey, I really liked it when we used to be able to do whatever it might be that you actually missed about them, then that's a great way to go about expressing that. That can actually increase the connection and increase the, the um, bonding between the two of you rather than come across as, as needy or desperate. What else are folks talking about? Okay, I've got a bunch of questions suddenly here. Um, Lance says that he already learned this inside the ESP course, the Exolution Program course that we have. Uh, but this is a very insightful and different way to hear about it. Thanks. Well, thank you so much, Lance. Um, Dion says, if you've both insulted one another, is there any possibility to be friends um, with your ex? Possibly in a few years. Okay, well, it depends, number one, on kind of the degree of the insult that happened and how deeply it cut, really. Um, but it also depends on what you're going to do after the exchange of insults, the, the arguing, the whatever, the fight. Um, if you are able to step up and take responsibility for your actions and apologize in a heartfelt way, not just saying, hey, I'm sorry about that, but actually saying like, hey, I'm sorry, I really lost my cool. I didn't really want to hurt you in that way. In the moment, I was just really caught off guard and I was really stressed out because of, I don't know, maybe something that's going on in my life. And I just didn't, I just wasn't myself. And I, I know that my words probably hurt you a lot. I know that it probably triggered some sort of whatever that you might have that's, that's uh, an easy way to trigger you or something like that. And that was kind of a low blow for me to do that to you. And I'm really sorry about that. And uh, I hope you can forgive me. You know, that's, that's totally different than just saying sorry, right? Because when it comes to an apology, you have to really let the other person know how your actions impacted them. This is where that empathy layer comes from that we talked about a moment ago. You have to be able to put yourself in the other person's position and to communicate to them, to reflect to them how your actions may have potentially impacted them. And when the other person uh, really hears from you that you get that you hurt them in a certain way, that you get how they feel, that's when they can let go of the resentment and the hurt and the pain that they may be holding on to so that they can actually start to move forward and have an, a, an opening, a space, uh, where they can actually start to talk to you and to be friends again. Now, this doesn't have to take years. Um, you know, if you're just 
gonna do something awkward and be like, yeah, sorry, it's not my fault that, you know, you're a jerk or like that, then obviously that might take a long time to, um, to, to, to have that dissipate to the point where you can actually be on civil terms with one another. But if you're willing to actually take an empathic stance and to really reflect to that other person how your actions made them feel, then that's when they can get over that whole lot faster and have a, a, an opening, a space to really entertain the idea of being friends, being um, even on good terms again. Okay, so hope that helps you out in that question. What about the validation trap after three months after a breakup? I always craved validation from women since I was an anxious, preoccupied attachment style uh, being raised in an alcoholic family. Okay, yeah, so like what about the validation trap? Um, for those of you that, that don't know what I'm talking about or what uh, we're talking about here, validation trap is a topic that we talked about in uh, a video last week. I'll go ahead and link to that over there in a video card. But, um, I mean, when it comes to those stages, it's not about the time that you put in to like, get past that stage. It's not like, oh, if I just hang out at this stage for three months, then I'm gonna suddenly be past it and I'm gonna be uh, you know, emotionally free from, from the past or whatever. Like you can get stuck in any one of those stages at, for any length of time, including the validation trap. I mean, there's a lot of people that actually live their entire life in the validation trap, you know, looking to men or looking to women or looking to their ex or looking to their parents or looking to social media or looking to their friends uh, to constantly validate them. Um, and they never actually look to their own value system to say, hey, what is it that I actually care about? What is it that I actually want? Like, do, like, do, should I date this, this woman? Should I date this man? Just because they're what society considers to be really attractive, even though I may not actually be attracted to them? Or should I go out and date the person that I'm actually attracted to, even though you know, they don't look like some sort of model or something like that? That's really kind of what you have to do in order to get past that. So um, that's really what, what I'd say in that particular situation. Um, how do you be vulnerable if she says that she has a dual personality of liking hanging out with me because it is fun, but the other side is wanting to be single and focus just on her and no relationship? Okay, yeah, so what's going on here is she doesn't believe that she can have both, right? She doesn't believe that she can have a relationship with you and also to be able to prioritize whatever her own needs might be. And you have to look and say, okay, is there a way that I'm bringing myself to the interactions that could be causing her to think that she has to choose one or the other and it can't be both and, it has to be either or. And you know, if there is some sort of neediness that could be causing her to think, okay, if I'm in a relationship with you, then it's gonna require all of this time, all of this energy, and then I'm just not gonna have enough time to focus on me, then, um, you know, yeah, then, then the neediness thing is going to be something that you wanna work on. Um, again, there is a very big difference, I hope you can see that after this video, um, between a neediness and being vulnerable. 
Now, you don't have to just like totally shut down and pretend like you have no feelings and pretend like you're disinterested and pretend that you're hard to get and pretend that you could care less about her or anything like that. You can absolutely share with her how you feel. You can absolutely share with her what it is that you want. You can absolutely share with her what you're experiencing as long as you take ownership for it rather than expecting her to like somehow be the remedy for whatever emotion you're going through or the remedy for whatever um, missing part that you feel in your life. Um, and that can actually bring the two of you closer together and it can allow her to get to know you while still being able to um, do whatever she needs to do in her own life um, and actually have a great relationship with you. But you have, to, you have to be able to own your experience without offloading that onto somebody else. Lance says that his ex keeps dating other people, but constantly, randomly tells him that there's a chance that we might get back together. She can't seem to figure out what she wants. Yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like your ex is probably very confused. I know a lot of um, other folks out there might rush in and say that she's using you and she's uh, stringing you along or something like that. Um, unless you have some reason to believe that she has like the capacity to do that, um, I'm inclined to really just say that she's probably just confused. Most people, they don't want to be the jerk out there that's like, yeah, I got like 10 guys waiting on me. And you know, as soon as, as soon as like one of them falls through, I can just have my pick of the other nine, right? Like most people don't think that way unless you have some sort of like massive, I don't know, sociopathic tendencies or something like that. Most people are just trying to go through life meet somebody nice, have a good relationship, and uh, enjoy themselves. And when most people do things that might seem like they might have bad intentions, what I've discovered is that they're actually just genuinely confused. She probably just doesn't know what she wants. She's probably equally as confused as you are. In fact, she's probably also carrying around a lot of guilt about that as well too, because she doesn't want to think of herself as the kind of person that's you know stringing Lance along and using Lance and all of that. Like, she probably doesn't want that. Again, I don't know her, but again, as long as she's not some sort of sociopath or something like that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and um, it's okay. Like, you don't have to accept that kind of behavior either. If, if that's not something that you don't want to deal with, if that's something you, that you don't want to deal with, rather, uh, you don't have to accept it. You can just say, hey, like, I totally get that you're confused. At the same time, all of this back and forth is really hard on me. And so um, if you are still trying to figure out what you want, that's totally cool. But... Um, I just can't be a part of this. I need to take my life in a different direction. And that's totally okay. That's totally fine. But you have to look within yourself and say, okay, is this something that I'm willing to put up with for the time being? Is this not something that I'm willing to put up with for the time being? And then make your choice moving forward. Let's see if we can get another question. When I give empathy to any subject my ex shares with me, she ignores me unless it is about her six-year-old son, whom I've helped raise for three years. She now only lets us connect solely on him. 
Okay, yeah. So um, it really depends on, so there's a couple different things. Number one, the first factor that you may want to explore is how exactly are you talking to her, okay? If you start to put yourself in her position and start to hear the words that are coming out of your mouth through her ears, uh, you know, from what you know of her life experience, from what you know of her emotional personality, from what you know of all of that stuff, um, it could be that you start to discover when you put yourself in her position and listen to what you're saying through her ears, it could be that you discover that what you're saying is not really as empathetic, empathetic as you might hope and that um, it can actually come across as maybe you having a hidden agenda. Maybe you're trying to use her as a means to an end or something along those lines. Um, the other possibility, you know, assuming that you run through that scenario and you're like, hey, I'm squeaky clean in how I'm talking to her. Okay, great. The other possibility is that uh, she is still holding on to some degree of emotional resistance for one reason or another, and she is not emotionally ready to open up to you. You know, maybe she's still hurt over something that happened like around the breakup, or maybe she is um, not certain about what your intentions are. Maybe she thinks that you might be, you know, trying to like line things up in order to get back together, where, whereas you haven't really shown her that you actually care about what her experience is and you're just, she, she thinks she might be afraid that you're more interested in just trying to get back together, just trying to get back to where things used to be with her rather than actually hearing her out and seeing where she's at emotionally and connecting with her there. That's one possibility as well too. And um, another possibility is that she might just have her hands full and she really only has the capacity to connect on the, the subject of her son. I mean, you know, my, my wife and I, I mean, a six-year-old is probably very different from a nine-month-old, but uh, my wife and I, we are kind of running on, on limited amounts of energy and bandwidth and all that stuff uh, with our nine-month-old daughter, especially since uh, just the past day or two, she started to have separation anxiety. So she's, um, you know, really terrified when we put her down to sleep at night. She thinks that we are disappeared and uh, that she's all alone. And so she starts crying. And it's, uh, it's an experience, let me just put it that way. But um, yeah, I definitely recommend exploring those possibilities when it comes to your ex and her um, emotional availability and her willingness to connect on subjects or unwillingness to connect on subjects that do not revolve around her six-year-old son. Okay, guys, so with that being said, if you like what you've seen here in this video, please give me a thumbs up. Go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you have not already. And uh, if you want to learn more about all of this uh, deeper level stuff, please check out our course over at modernlove.life class. It's totally free to sign up. That's over at modernlove.life class. We can give you something cool to do this weekend that might help you with your love life or relationship. And you know, if you like what you see over there in the free class, you are more than welcome to sign up for our course called the Compatibility Code, which will teach you a lot more of this stuff in greater detail than what we have the time to talk about in the um, one hour long presentation over at modernlove.life class. Anyway, this has been Clay. If you like what we're doing here, you know, check out some of these other videos and go ahead and give us a thumbs up. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you